Welcome to the Lead to Lead podcast. We believe that God is calling you to lead yourself and others with wisdom, intention, and humility. Join us as we chat through quick tips, skills, and ways to help equip you on your journey as a leader of yourself and others. Hey guys, welcome back to the Lead to Lead podcast. VJ and Doyle with you here. Hey Doyle. Hey VJ. All right, so remember the list that I asked you guys to make of your daily actions a couple episodes back? Uh, we, we'd remember because we, we just recorded that episode. So hello from the future. Um, if you missed it, stop the episode right now and just take a day to keep track of your habits. It might look something like this. Wake up, turn off your alarm, check your phone, go to the bathroom, take a shower, brush teeth, hang up your towel, get dressed, make a smoothie, and so on. All right, so did you do that? Hopefully you have a full day's list sitting right in front of you now. Similar to the last time we mentioned this list, we're going to go through each item and designate it as either a good habit, a bad habit, or a neutral habit. Use a plus sign for the good, a minus sign for the bad, and an equal sign for the neutral. So now the above list may look something like this. Wake up, equal sign. Turn off the alarm, neutral, right? Check the phone, bad. Go to the bathroom, neutral. Take a shower, hey, that's a, that's a great habit, right? <laughs> Uh, brush teeth, also a great habit, right? We want to do that. Hang up your towel, neutral, get dressed. I, I would say that's a neutral habit, but please don't ignore that habit. And then make a smoothie, which would be a good habit, right? So your first question in this process is likely going to be, how do I determine whether a habit is good, bad, or neutral? That's a great question. And I want to go directly to Atomic Habits author James Clear for the answer on that one before we get into the discussion. So he says... Categorize your habits by how they will benefit you in the long run. Generally speaking, good habits will have net positive outcomes. Bad habits will have net negative outcomes. Smoking a cigarette may reduce stress now. That's how it's serving you. But it's not a healthy long-term behavior. And Doyle, I would, I would send our listeners back to episodes to talk about our time delay episode as well, about perspective. Yeah, because perspective, meaning we're not looking for instant gratification, but along with that, I, I have a question for us to think about, a question for you. So in the list of habits that we're listing here, um, that's not all the, ha- all the habits that we might have in a day. No. So, so in order for this not to be uh, overwhelming or feel like, gosh, I can't even get into the habit of making my list of habits, what would you say, based on what we've read from Clear and what we've talked about, what would you say is the optimum number of habits to record. Or I would say the optimum in terms of minimum or maximum. You know what I'm saying? In other words, we don't want to have just three habits listed. Right. But on the other hand, for those of you that are the uh, uh, jot and tittle type people in the crowd, we also don't want to have 45 habits listed either because we're not trying to get bogged down. We're just trying to get a picture. Yes. For those of you who don't enjoy and love, like me, making lists and checking things off, yes, 45 habits is too much. What I would recommend, Doyle, is that you start with the key times of your day. And so for your personal life, that would be between when you wake up and when you go to work, and then between when you get back from work and you go to sleep. Those are really crucial times where you are making a lot of decisions without work being a factor. I think that's a good point. I think if you break it up... Maybe if you break it up in terms of the hours that you're awake in the day, that way you might have three sections of habits. 
And yeah. that won't be quite so overwhelming. Yeah. And obviously, if you're trying to apply this as a leader, then you would want to apply it during the workday. Right. right. You'd, you'd want to say, what do I do by, from the second I step foot into work to when I leave? Or if you're a coach, what do I do from the beginning of practice to the end of practice? Right. And, or if you're a leader of a team at work and you're preparing for a team meeting and you're going to be having a two or three hour meeting that you're preparing for, what are the habits that lead up to that meeting? What are the habits that take place during the meeting? And what are the habits at the end of the meeting in order to debrief with other leaders or just yourself, just Absolutely. to know how you're doing? In fact, I think just as an aside, I was talking to someone this morning that's a pastor. And I know the old standard is pastors take Mondays off. But the problem is on Monday, your mind is still uh, spinning from the day before, from all the things that happened on a Sunday. So if that's your role, if you're a, a church leader of some kind, Mondays is a good opportunity to take a look at the habits that you have practiced during the weekend. Yeah, that's a great idea. Reflection is an important part of all this. Right, right. Yeah, okay. So um, we're going to just, now that we've had all of that established and what your list might look like, let's let's give two examples of how you might categorize some some. Uh, some of these habits. And smoking is an easy example because it's something that societally we all accept as wrong. And so I'm, we're going to take a, on a little bit more challenging things. So here's one. That cup of coffee that you need first thing in the morning, it may help you wake up in the short term. But in the long term, is it a good thing to build dependency on a substance for you to function or feel a certain way? I mean, I know what the dictionary would say about that, but I'll let you guys do the soul searching on your own. The second example is one directly from my own experience, that TV show that you need to watch when you get home from work or before you go to sleep at night may be helping you, quote, relax or, quote, unwind, as I used to tell myself. But what are the long-term implications? Same question, right? Do you want your ability to unwind at the end of the day to be shackled to a screen for the rest of your life? Uh, for me, looking at it in this light was the only thing that got me to change my mind, and maybe it will for you also. Well, and the thing to keep in mind is we're, I'm kind of sensitive to different listeners here because there are those that might be, kind of tend to be legalistic in the crowd. So I don't think we want them to be hearing what you just said to mean uh, we're standing against drinking coffee. Nope. Yeah, I really tried to emphasize the word need there. Right. And we're not... We're not saying don't watch television right. or watch, you know, watch something on Netflix. But the issue is if we have to look at what they're producing. Yeah. We have to look at what they're producing. And again, we're paying attention to the short-term effect, but we're making sure that we're not just going after instant gratification. What you're emphasizing is paying attention to the long-term effect Absolutely. of the habit. Yep. That's exactly the key. And, and no matter what it provides you in the short term... Everything has a long-term effect. Some of those effects are neutral, some of those effects are good, and some of those effects are really destructive. And it makes me think of, I don't know if I can quote this right, but the Apostle Paul talks about things that are, everything is permissible, but it's not necessarily beneficial. Yeah. So that's what you have to analyze, because for somebody, drinking coffee may be permissible, but sure. for them, because they've got high blood pressure issues or whatever... It, it may not be beneficial in yeah. the long run. So that's what we need to be careful about in these habits and what we look at. That's a great example. Yeah, I, I like the nuance there too. Um, so Doyle, as I will never get tired of referencing, you've had many, many more years of experience leading people than I have. 
Um, so how would you use these strategies as a leader? Start with yourself. Uh, you can't lead other people if you're not modeling for them what needs to happen. Mm. If you're trying to get your team to build good habits and there's not integrity in what you do, if your character is not filled with integrity where you do what you say, then you're going to create a real problem with the team. And so if we're talking about leadership, paying attention to yourself and paying attention to how your habits and what you do with your habits is having an effect on everybody else. So let's take a family situation. If you've got a dad that's uh, telling the kids that they need to make sure they, they do certain things to take care of uh, taking dishes to the sink or whatever, if they don't take dishes to the sink as well and model it for their kids, then that's an integrity issue. So I think as a leader, when we're talking about habits, I, I, integrity is such a huge thing. If you're a leader of a church, if you're a teacher, you, if, you're, if you're expecting your students to be good students, they have to know that you love to learn. Yeah. And if you're just trying to impart things because you're getting a paycheck, uh, I know that kind of gets off track just a little bit. But I think, it, I think when we're talking about habits, the only way they're going to be atomic, which in my mind means being super effective. Super is, small and super necessary. Yeah, super small and super necessary. If there's an integrity gap, you, you, you've got an atomic bomb that's not very effective. Yeah. And Doyle, you know what the sad part about this is that I, I feel like I've been told by, I don't know, by growing up in America that leaders tell people what to do and that's what leaders do. Right. It has nothing to do with what leaders do do themselves it has to do with how they tell people what to do right and that's that's a really sad misconception and i'm glad we're dealing with it so to close guys here's the parting shot fired at the end of chapter four of atomic habits here's the quote hearing your bad habits spoken aloud makes the consequences seem more real it adds weight to the action rather than letting yourself mindlessly slip into an old routine the process of behavior change always starts with awareness with awareness. So are you saying that once I write my habits down, I have to read them out loud so I hear it? Yeah, I think Clear uses the example of just saying, I'm eating this cookie as you're, you know, as you're, if, yeah. if you know, you're trying to, to shake that habit, just right. to remind yourself that you're, you are about to do something that you previously did not want to do. I, I honestly do this often. I, I talk to myself and say, do you, like, are you really about to do this? Really? Yeah, and I think what you're doing there, that introduces something that we'll cover in future podcasts. Absolutely. Because that's what's helpful to help building uh, some good habits into our life. Yeah. All right, guys. Until next week, this is the Lead to Lead podcast. This series on Atomic Habits is sponsored by Royal Oaks Counseling. Royal Oaks Counseling seeks to empower people through a biblical worldview to be set free of limitations in their lives caused by fear, anxiety, and doubt. This process includes challenging, comforting, and providing necessary tools for freedom to take place in their lives. Royal Oaks provides individual and family counseling and specializes in marriage counseling. Please visit royaloakscounseling.com or email info at royaloakscounseling.com for more information or to set up an appointment.
Bless them to lead from their identity as your children, your followers, and reflections of who you are to their employees, their teams, their churches, and their families. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.